You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to JRE for Genevieve, I believe episode four. I'm uh, very happy to welcome back uh, Bill Sloan as uh, my um, my most often guest person <laughs> here. <laughs> uh, Genevieve, uh, love you. I always forget to tell you at the, at the end. Um, so this show is really just about a ignorant father trying to relay some enlightening conversations to his ignorant five-year-old daughter. Not ignorant, ignorant in a bad way, but just ignorant in the way we all are. Um, definitely going to work on that intro. I need, I need a, <laughs> I need a shorter, uh, like a ten-word sentence that says that same thing, but clear and more smoothly. And then maybe that won't offend her when she listens to this. <laughs> you know, I think ignorant has a really negative connotation for obvious reasons. It definitely does. But uh, connotation, the, the, the definition of connotation is, I mean, that's the meaning we give to it, right? That's just when we hear it, you know, we think stupid, we think dumb, we think you don't know. But I, I think that's the whole point of a lot of the stuff we talk about is – you can look at the same thing completely opposite ways and be partly right yeah, on you, both ends. Last week, uh, I listened to your podcast with your father, and, and you mentioned intent. Yeah. And uh, I, people don't – they don't. I think we talked about that yeah. a little bit the week before even. Yeah, I don't, I don't That's too far ago. I don't remember <laughs> that. <laughs> but – and I got to uh, thank you because I'm sure you're the first listener who's listened to my podcast that wasn't – the guest. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. When we hit it big, you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be a part of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Genevieve. Just to recap a little bit about uh, last week. Uh, like I said, your grandpa was the guest, and uh, it's, it's gonna kind of go along with everything we talked about, but. He definitely spent uh, most of the time talking about his religious beliefs. Um, and and I think that's important to look at those belief structures because I think kind of what we're trying to do here is uh, kind of give you a foundation for creating your own belief structure. Uh, I think it's great that you have a lot of good examples around you that you can go to for that. Um I think you actually you, – I know you actually called me after you listened to that and you mentioned the example he gave about um, having belief and faith, the parachute metaphor. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because you had read the same thing in Tony Robbins. Yeah, Waking the Giant Within. I was just reading that and um, yeah. it was like the same day of listening to, the, to your podcast and, and, the, and he mentioned having beliefs and then having conviction – and then taking action on that. Right. So, Genevieve, I think that's maybe the most important – well, one of the most important things to take from that is – so real quick, the, the metaphor was um, – my dad was saying you may have belief that the uh, parachute is going to work, but you have to have faith in it to actually use it. So um, belief is fine, but faith is belief with action attached, which sounded like kind of what – uh, Tony Robbins was saying oh, with different words. Yeah, definitely. Yep. And and I think that's the important part because I think a lot of people could be looking at uh, Tony Robbins and looking at this religious figure, and they're going to pick them apart based on their differences when 80% of what they're saying is the same thing. And I think if we just focused on that, I mean, differences matter. They definitely come into play. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, who who wouldn't rather talk about stuff, you know, they're both interested in than picking apart and going away unhappy and unsa- – I don't know. It just seems like where we end up a lot of the time. Um, so back to that Genevieve. <laughs> Let me ask you, has Genevieve listened to any of these? No. Is she going to? Yeah. <laughs> so definitely with her uh, – her, her, I mean, she was like hearing her grandpa's voice. Yeah, I'd imagine. And talk to Katie, my wife. Uh, Katie, thank you for letting me do this. <laughs> but we talked about her coming on too and talking about that. Um, I think I might have talked to this about my dad a little bit, but I mean, a lot of these conversations, 
you know, they're, they're still not super organic for a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is selfishly me trying to have these conversations, so I'm a little better prepared. We do have it. Uh, but I think, you know, eight, eight or eight, nine, ten, that's not too young to have these. And you can still have these conversations, but they're not sit down and where that's all you talk about. And, you know, they're one or two minute snippets more. But but what was your – you were going somewhere with hey, that. Hey, hey, Luke, there's yeah. never a good time to have that conversation, <laughs> to be honest with you. Hi, my name's Matt. <laughs> oh. I have three daughters, my friend. There's never a good time to have that conversation. <laughs> well, which, which, which conversation is that? Yeah, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that may be. But you know what? If, if that's the case, all the better to have it in a form where she can come access it. And true, true. Have that. Now, uh, what I said was – and you can actually prove it now. So that's the point, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to chime in. Oh, no. uh, but but you were asking because... Yeah, I was just curious if you oh, were yeah. doing this for your own benefit just to get things off your chest and, or if she was actually going to listen to these later on down the line. I think a lot of both. I think there's definitely a selfish interest there. Just me working through these. And... Uh, the couple I've done, just listening back to them, I mean, it, it's weird how much you think about things and they go through your head. Um, but then when you've actually talked about them and have a, ta- a chance to think about that conversation, like you reframe everything or you uh, slightly modify it, um, I don't know. Well, if you don't have that conversation, it seems like you're just telling your, yourself the same thing again and again and again. There's not a lot of evolution or growth because – there's no feedback, really. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does make sense. Yeah, no feedback loop. So, yeah. So, I mean, I like it because it's um, it's something you do once a week that gets your brain uh, mulling over even the same stuff, but in a different way. Um, I mean, the namesake, the whole Joe Rogan thing. I think that's one of the most valuable things. Is you know, he may only talk about. 20 things normally he's hitting the same things but he he's been talking to him so long and talking to so many people about him you hit him from all these different angles and it feels like you just get a fuller uh, picture or perspective a lot of different perspectives Um, and that's kind of what I like her to have is just a lot of stuff to grab from when she's coming up with her own opinions and ideas yeah, that makes yeah. sense. And should she just listen to Joe Rogan's podcast? She absolutely <laughs> should. So, but I think that's probably definitely better, but probably more age appropriate when she's you know eighteen plus. Yeah. So maybe this will be a bridge between like ten and eighteen, where um, yeah, she can listen to this. We can have these conversations, mm-hmm. um, and go from there. G rated. <laughs> oh, G-rated. There you go. That should be the name of the podcast. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but just going back to the, the the belief systems that my dad was kind of talking about, and um, just the pros and cons of uh, you know belief systems that are set, like religion. I mean, religion has a lot of good stuff you can get from it. It's been around for thousands of years, so. Ideally, you'd think that people have crafted it, and I wouldn't say perfected it, but it's it's evolved, which... How much has it evolved? Um, or is it just one of those things where people are doing it the same way they've always done it? <laughs> <It's> like, well, <laughs> I see that in business all the time, and it just yeah. makes me think that it's, if, if it's not... If it goes unchecked, that's just the way that's going to happen. When I think in business, it makes sense to evolve to the world around you. See, I think religion might be a little different because if that's true from the beginning, that should have been true a thousand years ago and true today. Right. So maybe it shouldn't have changed. Or maybe that's more of a testament if it hasn't changed. I don't know. But but, but just if you're going through a, a, you know, a rigid moral framework or structure, uh, it's good. It can give you some... Um, you know, some confidence, but I, I just uh, think you should be constantly questioning it. 
<laughs> always. Yeah. It, it, we totally agree uh, agree on that. And we yeah. always have, I think, is just that constant questioning. You should have. Yeah. Yeah. So my dad mentioned that, and he had questions at the beginning, you know, and it's always – it's proven itself to him. And I um, haven't gotten there. We're coming from completely different places, or maybe we're going to do a lot of the same places and uh, taking different roads. Um, but, yeah, Genevieve, um, just keep questioning, keep thinking. And you know what? That That's going to prove some of these uh, morals or – belief structures, and then it'll help you uh, mold others, I guess. You know what I found, though, that, um, well, because I question a lot of things, but it sometimes annoys people. So When you question it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think people will see that as confrontational sometimes. Uh, yeah, because... And then they get defensive, they, and then it becomes a, like this big deal, whereas right. I'm just trying to, you know, gain a better understanding of a certain viewpoint or, where you know, where they're coming from. Definitely. We were coming back from uh, Disney on Ice today, and I was thinking a lot about that um, because – and some people don't want to hear what you have to say. A lot of people don't want to hear what other they, people have they, to say. They, they want to hear you agree with what they have to say. Um, yeah, and, and I was thinking about that too. Like if if you're teaching a kid to think for themselves – and do things kind of a different way or or lead them down the path. But and we talked about this last time, how big a part of your life people are. Uh it seems like there's a lot of disadvantages for a kid to grow up, even if they're being more efficient and uh <laughs> subjectively better in your mind as a parent or whatever. If they can't relate to everyone else around them, that's a real issue. Yeah, definitely. N- not only with working with those people, but um, but j- just their own happiness and contentment because, you know, the strength of those relationships is going to affect how happy they are. So if, if – and it doesn't have to be your case. If a person is a super genius and he's around a bunch of – Normal people, but to him are kind of like morons. Yeah. That's what would you rather be? I mean, I'd rather be a super genius because I, and my life, only experience is as a moron. <laughs> but, life's going to be a little bit more difficult, I think, for that person who's, who's the outlier, yeah. right? Right. Um, I think if you, if you go into a group or a setting where maybe you have the most knowledge in a particular area, yeah. Probably, it would probably be frustrating. A lot of times. Very. Especially when those other people think they know what's right. Exactly, yeah. And are using garbage facts to back it up mm-hmm. or just higher volume. Fake news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if the end goal is to make your kid happy, but I, I don't think that, that – Is that the end goal? Why? That's my end goal. I, 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 I don't know. What do you think? I think I'd rather that my kid. It reminds me of Homer Simpson. Uh-huh. Remember when he had the, uh, he went to Moe's. Yeah, head? he went to Moe's <laughs> and he had the crayon extracted from his nose and it was like yeah. lodged in his brain yeah. and he became this genius and then all of a sudden yeah. it was like too much. And then he went back to Moe's and had him jam that crayon back up his nose. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think that's legitimate. I feel like I'd rather my daughter be. I, if I had to choose, I'd say 10% happier than 10% smarter than average or whatever it may be. And I think I'd say 10% happier more than 10% of just about any characteristic because I <laughs> feel that's our end goal. Nah, I wouldn't agree with that. No? No. What's your end goal? It'd be content. <laughs> Happiness comes and goes, man. That's To me, that's a short-term thing. Yeah, but are, are we talking about the same thing using different words? I think content is a big part of happiness. They're different in my book. Yeah. I, I think we're talking about the same thing, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think most people are happier when they're content and they're not feeling this angst. or Because angst is kind of a an unhappy trait, right? So if you're taking that away so, yeah. by being content, um, you're a little bit happier. And maybe that's the wrong word. But I'm not sure content's the right word. 
Everybody uses happy. Yeah, it's it's pretty broad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's uh, I mean, I guess content is to a certain extent, but well, even if it grew content and happy, I'd rather be ten percent more content and happy than ten percent uh, more athletic or smart or because generally you're thinking you want them to be smart or athletic or whatever it may be to become happier and content, right? But if it's you're kind of a means to the end, but if a person is more content, are they less likely to strive for mastery in a certain area or if they're less content? They... No, if they're more content. Oh, oh. you know, uh, are they just going to sit back and kind of be happy with whatever? Or, you know, they could, but you know what? That reminds me of like a monk. Yeah. But that's my other thing too is. Uh, is, is relating this this struggle to and and success to happiness? I think those are usually along the same line, but do they have to be? I mean, you know what? If, if I'm happy without being successful or striving, yeah, I'm not gonna mess with that. <laughs> That's content. Yeah, to, yeah, right. To me, see, I struggle with that too. I don't know. Usually, a lot of people who have angst and you know aren't. May, may be happier content but aren't as happy or content as they want to be or think they can be, I think that's where the struggle or striving comes in because they want to get to that next. See, to me, contentment right. is long-term. That's long-term thinking. Happiness, it still seems to me, I know you're saying that they're probably the same, but to me they're very, very different. Yeah. And, and the and happiness it, seems very short-term. It's like, yeah, you know – I want a brand new Corvette because I think they look pretty sweet. I think that'd make me happy, but it's only going to make me happy for a short period of time, right? Right. So different con- things. It, it, yeah. If I'm content with just driving my Ram pickup, <laughs> you know. Well, in philosophy, be- they talk about like, I'll probably butcher this, but like surface pleasures and then like deeper pleasures. Mm-hmm. You know, having a good meal is a surface pleasure while – um, you know, having some deep philosophical monkish thought or, or feeling or coming to that conclusion and striving to get there um, is is kind of a doing things for the greater good or helping others is more of a, a deeper um, maybe leading more towards a content state. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like last time we talked about uh, character traits for kids, and I had a hardworking, which seemed very oh, yeah. um, just generic, and yours was – I don't remember. Yeah, but wasn't it, like, <laughs> it was like stri- – not striving, but something like that. Like uh, Perseverance? Yeah, I think it was perseverance. I think that was what it was, which is more of a, more of a character trait, where hardworking is just kind of a uh, – you know, a function of that. I don't know. Um, but how do we get there? <laughs> where are we going? Did, did we go off on a tangent there? I don't know where we're going or what happened. Um, Matt, you remember? <laughs> well, I, I, I could have sworn we were going to be talking about, you know, um, politics. Hot fire politics today. <laughs> All right. So let me ask you. Uh, yes. How was how talking about politics in 2019, 2020 going to help Genevieve when she Oh, I love that question. It's almost like a That's game a really great question, me. Bill. <laughs> so I looked up politics on my way home today um, or actually asked Siri about it. So it was kind of talking about like the definition of politics and it's like the, the governance of a group of people, da, 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 da. But I think you come into that all the time. Not just as a nation or a city or as a community, mm-hmm. but you're – I mean if there's a group of two or three or ten people, I think that comes into play. I mean the last – every single week we talk about how big a part of your life other people are and trying to navigate those relationships and kind of knowing that one factor that everyone is um, consciously or subconsciously contemplating or trying to manipulate – is kind of like the the politics of the group, uh, where they stand in the group, how they can get their ideas um, understood by the group and kind of agreed on by the group. So you're talking in reference to more of like a micro setting, like almost it's almost like leadership. There's just 
broadly speaking. Yeah, and just relationships on a degree, and then how that changes the bigger the group gets, and then how your part in that changes the bigger the group gets. Um, but that that's all politics and how involved or not involved we are, right? I mean, even in a group of ten, you you can you can be you can keep yourself out of the conversation and just mind your own business, or you can speak way more than you know, what's your 10% of the population would really should get possibly just because you spend more time and more energy and have more volume on it. Does that make sense? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so Bill and I are both um, uh, self-described uh, non-political experts. <laughs> but that's the other thing is I think – I think the majority of people fall into our camp, don't you? Uh, yeah. I mean, what do they say? It's like most people get voted in just because of name recognition. Name recognition <laughs> or party recognition. Yeah. It's, or straight voting a straight tickets. ticket yeah. or whatever it may be. And that sounds maybe not the worst idea, but not can't be the best <laughs> solution, right? Sounds like a pretty terrible idea. I don't yeah. Know. So um, – I, I had some political – oh, Matt. I was going to ask, yeah. when it comes to talking to Genevieve, mm -hmm. so we're, we're years down the road. Yeah. What would you want her to look for in a candidate Ooh, that would like be it. potentially running for you know, uh, city mayor and mm -hmm. or president? Well, what, would, what, what are some of the attributes that you would want her to look for? Right. Um, and I'd leave that up to her, but I would like for it to be someone that – you know. She believed in, she respected, she believed could do the job. Sure. But I think in my experience, and I get it, 99% of it's my fault because I haven't put in the time or the research. But maybe before this election uh, and, and growing up, it felt like all I got was as far as information on the candidates mm -hmm, mm -hmm. was these 30-second smear campaign commercials on right. TV. Yep. And these uh, – uh, whatever they are on the corner, these little signs or placards of people's names on them. All right, yeah. And it's like, what am I supposed to? So all I got is the dirt on both sides. <laughs> and 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 I admit, I I can't remember the last time I voted. And it was actually with you at a conference. We were with uh, uh, another one of someone else that we worked with. And when I mentioned that, they were thrown back in their seat. What? I can't believe it. And I think this was the the Trump-Hillary campaign. And I was like, I just don't know enough about either of them. And, and I get it. I should be doing the research. And I get it. I should choose the lesser of two evils in my eyes if I don't feel like I like either of them or whatever it may be. Um, and I get it. That may be and probably is just an excuse so I don't get inconvenienced by going to vote or whatever it may be. Mm. Um, but I'll tell you this year and another prop to, to Joe Rogan experience is I've heard three candidates sit down with him for two, three hours. And for the first time, I, I feel like I've gotten an actual feel for a few presidential candidates. So I've gotten most of my information about this uh, <laughs> this cycle from Weekend Update. On SNL. <laughs> I just watched today because Eddie Murphy was on it. Yeah, he but was. I will not watch it again. He brought back Gumby. He did. Ah, <laughs> I heard that's the highest rated one in like yeah. forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of that. I think that's probably a better way to go than those smear commercials, to be perfectly honest, just to show kind of how ridiculous that whole setup was. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's probably not much better. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you're learning something about the kid. I don't know. Yeah, they did a skip. So now I know uh, some of the names for the Democratic Party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the one thing that the three people on the Joe Rogan experience have been Democrats. So I, mm -hmm. that's the other thing. You you want to be able to see both sides. You want to, uh, you know, get to know them. You asked about Genevieve, Matt. Yeah. And I'd like her to – to have the access to feel like she knows who she's voting for. Sure, sure. And uh, that doesn't seem like a, a small thing. Um, but what I'd like to do is I got some 
big political ideas that'll sort this whole thing out. And I just Sweet. like your critical feedback. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear this. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So something I always hear about politics is um, just lobbyists control it. There's too much money in it. People are swayed by money and lobbyists and campaign donors. I don't know if that's right. I don't know anything about <laughs> politics, but it seems like I hear it often enough where it's an issue. Mm-hmm. And even and I think even a big thing now is a lot of these um, presidential candidates are actually going to – I'm probably saying this wrong. Is it like no PAC contributions or – they're not taking any like um, corporation money or something for their campaign because really? they're seeing this as an issue. And I think Bernie's one of them. Um, and there, there's a couple other, whatever it may be. Bloomberg. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know who Bloomberg is. Doesn't he have he like owns, a channel or something? Yeah, yeah. He's a, yeah. So I don't know if you're being sarcastic or if that's a real. <laughs> I was being thing. sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> but but on the but on the other side of that, um, and like I said, I, I don't remember who it was, but it was counting the number of uh, like billionaire donors for some of these other presidential candidates. Mm-hmm. So it, it feels like everyone's looking at this and saying, yes, money heavily influences the political system. And it seems like everyone other than those people that are you know, getting a better than fair shake because of that right. are saying that's not how it should be. That goes against you know, the idea of democracy, one vote, one person, whatever it may be. So – we just take the money out of politics. And, and I want you to ask me how. Uh, okay. That will never happen, but how? <laughs> <laughs> See, and I think that's a great point because I think we come to that conclusion so much. It's that way and there's no way to get around it that that, that doesn't so, – so politics is controlled by all this big money and the elections are basically a, a dog and pony show. That I'm getting yelled at for not being part of. That's what I feel like when I'm being told that, you know, that's what's swaying or influencing every down there, everything in Washington. But, um, but let me tell you. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> I think I think you might have been the first one to tell me this. Um, you're talking about some of those. I think it was like Japanese uh, companies with like hundred year business plans. Yes. I think is a really cool idea. Um, I think maybe part of the problem because all these uh, senators, representatives, and presidents, they're in for what, two, four, six years, and they're not thinking past that. Um, they're not thinking 100 years down the road. No, this is all short-term thinking. Exactly. Yeah. So what if over the next 20 years you cut – um, you know, campaign funding by five uh, percent a year. That does not seem not doable. This is just like the EPA standards, right? On fuel economy. Yeah, I mean, I have no well, idea what are those. Was it, wasn't this a thing <laughs> where they like really tried to push the fuel economy on vehicles, and then didn't the current president just kind of roll roll some of those back? But but this this is exactly my point: is you'll get one president with all these great ideas, and the next one more often than not, is just going to, you know, flip over whatever they did. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. It just goes back and forth. So we're not making any real progress. I don't think the president or I don't don't think our political system really does shit. (laughs) Sorry, Genevieve. But but that's 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 exactly what we're talking about. So what what I'm getting from you is you don't have confidence in the system. No, not at all. And I, even though... I don't have, you know, a lot of – I'm not very involved with it. I also don't have a lot of confidence in the system. And at that point and, – and I think a lot of that reason is because of the money influence issue or that's my thinking. If that's way off, then that's way off. But that's that's the conclusion I'm coming to uh, because of the snippets that I read or hear or whatever it may be. So 
we we can't have a defeatist attitude and say it's just the way it is and you're never going to change it and da 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 da. And um, maybe it will never change. Maybe it's that whole um, you know spectrum of empires, and this is on its way out, and there's nothing you can do to stop that. But if we I were, agree with that. but if we were to stop that snowball, <laughs> if we could, let, let, let's just theoretically say we could make that happen. Uh, you know, next twenty years. So that's a lot longer term. I feel like than most people are thinking. Yeah, in, in you know Washington or whatever, mm-hmm. and you cut five um, percent funding from these lobbyists or whatever, so that in twenty years. Uh, there, there wouldn't be any influence there. Nothing towards campaigns. Nothing towards uh, these bills or whatever that they're paying to have passed. What that would also do is, I understand not doing it overnight. I mean, because um, there, there are a lot of huge corporations that are involved in this and need time to pivot if that's what it's going to be. Um, or at least given that opportunity. I think that would have bigger implications for the greater economy. I mean, think about the... Yeah, let's hear this. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, if if these large corporations don't have people that side with them in Washington, mm-hmm. I don't know, how's the, how's the economy land... I mean, how's the entire business landscape going to change because of that? I have no I idea. Mean, I feel like things would really get shaken up. It very well could be. And another reason to spread it out so that it, it's not happening in, you know, five or six years. So where uh, the changes can be less drastic. But but going back to my point is if if they don't have people sided with them in Washington, in, in my super uneducated mind, that's because they don't have citizens sided with them in the public. And so they they shouldn't have, you know, that weighted representation in Washington because if the citizens sided with them, then they'd be electing the officials that also sided with them and it'd all work organically. This is some utopian society that you're thinking of and maybe the millennials will make it happen. Ooh. (laughs) Go millennials. (laughs) I know you're getting a lot of stuff online on Reddit. No one believes in you guys. Not me. You guys can do it. Um, it's, it's totally utopian. And I, if, if I had a better buck on it happening or not, yeah, that'd be a tough decision. I'd probably do it cause it's only a buck, but I'll bet you that buck, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel it's, 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 uh, fundamental changes that are going to make the biggest difference and something like that. Yeah. That also yeah. takes with bipartisan cooperation. And uh, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen either. Things feel yeah. more divided now than ever before, don't they? They do. Uh, but I, I, going back to our conversation, I think it's because they're focusing on that 10% that they disagree on. And maybe it's more than 10%. <laughs> and not focusing on that 70% that they are agreeing on. Um, this, is, this reminds me of Stephen Covey saying, was it first seek to understand, then mm-hmm. be understood? Yeah. But, yeah, so it's uh, nobody's trying to understand the other side. Everybody just Everybody's out for their own agenda, right? And Genevieve, listen, listen to Uncle Bill. Because, <laughs> I mean, I remember sitting there, I think I probably learned about the presidency or, you know, executive branch in, I'm going to say maybe the fifth grade. And even back then, you know, that that's what fifth graders would say. I'm going to be a doctor, lawyer, president of the United States or whatever. Yeah. And I don't know if that's what fifth graders are still saying. But um, if, if adults, if, if quote, in quotation, some of the best minds in our nation can't do that simple, logical thing, that's really frustrating. Yeah. So it'd be really frustrating if you really wanted to see change. Yeah. <laughs> but but I believe we have plenty of those people in this nation that want to see change. No, that would do exactly what Stephen Covey's talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
So is it just a matter of these positions attracting the wrong people or people going in with the best of intentions and the system, I wouldn't even say corrupting them, but handcuffing them because of these other mechanisms involved? Yeah. So if that's the case, then it really is the fundamentals that have to be. I think it would take somebody with a whole heck of a lot of courage to try to make a serious change happen in Washington, right? I mean, it's going to take that one person that really just spearheads a a complete movement or something. I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's, it goes against everything that's, everything that's been done for the last, you know, two, 300 years or whatever. Yeah. But you know what? And I would be interested to know that is like the, um, the money side of Washington, if that's been, I could see it being the last hundred years, and maybe it's since it started. I'm sure there's always someone asking for a favor, um, in return for something else. Yeah. But, but to the point where it kind of dictated things, where you know the whole idea of democracy didn't mean what it, you know, people think it means, or maybe their vote doesn't count like they think it counts. Um. Yeah, I don't know what was it. Um, the Theodore Roosevelt, he he got a bunch of money from Carnegie, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, basically, funded his way of life for a long time because hmm. he was just broke. Yeah, and I mean, it's probably during that time, late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen yeah. hundreds, where that shift really was taking place, and you know, and these businessmen were making a lot more. Sure. Than these local politicians, presidents, whatever you know, and still so, are. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I think that was probably the turn, and maybe then they had a lot more money to try to persuade policy. Yeah, that would be interesting to see. So d- to go back to that point a little bit is another thing you hear about is hey, you can't take the money out of politics because we need that to you know run our campaigns mm-hmm. or our elections, or at least I've heard that if that's actually the case. I mean, you hear about these politicians who, as soon as they get elected, they're working on their next election. Yeah. That's not what you're supposed to be focusing on. No. You're supposed to be focused on actually reading the stuff and trying to improve stuff and making stuff better. See, own like, agenda. Like do what, you're, do what you said you were going to do. And what you're yeah. paid to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They forget exactly about what they're you know, preaching right. for the whole thing. Yeah. So That's what I'm saying. They're just focused on their own agenda. They don't, they don't care about anything else. They're looking for their career. They want they want to eat too, <laughs> which is yeah. why they sh- everyone should have term limits. Personally, yeah. Oh right. So even though they have the year limits, but how many terms they can have? Exactly. Like the president does. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, so you get career politicians going, and then they're always in there. Yeah. Feeding their own agenda consistently because yeah. that's what they think their constituents want. But you change up, like you were saying, change. I don't it think up. they do. I think they know that's not what their constituents want. I yeah. think it's they, they've just figured out care. the system. Yeah, yeah. Well, you say, like like Bill was saying, you know, we got we got to change up the system. We got to you know shock it yeah. by changing up the term limits. That would probably give a nice shock to yeah. the system a little bit. I don't know. I'm an I'm an idiot when it comes to politics personally too. So I bet ninety <laughs> percent of the people out there are about where we are. Yeah, if I'm I, had, po- I am if I had politically uneducated. I just go with my gut, <laughs> and, 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 and that puts you in the majority. I feel. Yeah. Uh, really. But, but as far as doing campaigns, yeah. Uh, so I read this article. I think uh, my brother Ben sent it to me, but I think I've seen it before. It's talking about like the highest grossing um, uh, YouTubers, and number one on the list. And I might get this wrong. He made like twenty five million last year. With some eight-year-old who opens up boxes of toys or something, huh. and all these kids watch it or whatever. Uh-huh. I don't no know his way. name or whatever. Yeah, way. There's a YouTube channel that guy opens up new shoes. Yeah, and it's a YouTube channel, and he gets followers, and he makes money doing he it. He might have been on the top twenty-five. That's I don't so know. crazy. He was actually on Jeff Goldblum's show. But my point <laughs> here is, if a kitten, some of these uh, videos had twenty-five plus million views. And if we can make this the same across the board, don't tell me you need tens of millions of dollars to run a campaign when some eight-year-old in Wisconsin or whatever 
is getting 25 million <laughs> views with a smartphone doing that. I mean, uh, I understand if, if it becomes a competition and you need more than the others to you know run these advertisements. Yeah, you just got to look at the demographics too. Who, who's the target market in these uh, candidates, you know? Who's watching a, uh, an eight-year-old? Probably the same people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish same I had a bell one. in here. Ding, <laughs> ding, ding. But but that will come into play too because unless you make that um, unless you make that that fair, it, it doesn't work. But what if you weren't allowed to spend any money on your campaign and there was um, a government? YouTube, for lack of a better word. C-SPAN. Nobody watches it. (laughs) (laughs) PBS. Yeah, no. But what if that's the only place you could provide election content? People could go there. You could talk about the issues. You can invite other people on to talk about them or debate them. And then going back to it, instead of me, you know, 20 years ago, getting my information off these 30-second smear commercials, uh, I could actually get some actual content, and there's probably stuff there. If if I go and you know Google a candidate, I'm sure they have plenty of information on them. But if there's one place I could go to do that for, um, you know, county, state, federal, all these elections, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you got to make it easy for these people if we're gonna get them out. I mean, how many people? Did, what percentage voted in the last presidential election? I have no it's clue. Super low. But I'm I'm. People are going to have to – these candidates are going to have to use different platforms because, well, I didn't even know that there was one recently. I don't have regular TV. You know, I watch everything on whatever, Netflix. <laughs> wait, we didn't know there was a what? There's a – was there a debate or something or – Yeah. 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 Like Democratic. Exactly. Right, uh, the Democratic yeah. debate. Right. Just, yeah. It seems like they've been having one every week or two. It's every day. Yeah, because the <laughs> there's like 20 candidates to begin the thing or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, I don't know anything yeah. about it because, well, I don't see commercials about it. I don't see it on TV. I don't... But see, that's perfect. If everything was on this one platform yeah. that everyone had access to, and I get it, not everyone has access to the internet or that. So, but everyone, a lot of people do just about <laughs> everyone can get to a library where they have access to that. And you know what I'd like even more talking about informed voters is, hey, you want to vote in this election? You want to vote for this guy? Maybe you have to, you know, listen to him for 20 minutes and his opponent for 20 minutes just to make sure you have the bare minimum of information to go off of. I mean, mm. I love that idea. <laughs> That seems like it's a lot of time. Oh, people oh getting, no. We don't people, want these people to spend time doing their job. 20 minutes? No, that's what I'm like, saying. A lot of people aren't going to. You mentioned it oh, earlier. Oh, for the, the voter. Yes. Oh. You mentioned that earlier. You don't want yeah. to be inconvenienced by going to the polling station. Correct. So yeah. if I was – I think it would make me more confident in what I was doing though. I think I, I, I would feel – better informed of what I was doing and that I'd actually know the person, not fully after 20 minutes, obviously, but I I, th- I think I'd be making a more informed decision. And I think that's, I want to be doing You know, everybody well, complains but, about the low polling or the low voter turnout, right? So, yeah. but... But if they're uneducated, who cares? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Would you rather have more uneducated voters or, or fewer uneducated? maybe is a better word. Yeah. Uninformed, uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I'd rather have fewer. And, for, and maybe this would make the lowers go down even lower, but the numbers that were voting would be informed. So maybe to your point, it would be better. It, it, it would take mm-hmm. down traffic. And then, yeah. And personally, I, I think politicians should do that exact same thing before they vote on any piece of legislation. You hear these weird things about how, you know, there's this 30-page bill and their temp or whatever, you know, reads through it and gives them the highlights and they vote on it. Right. And they can't even give you the, you know, break it down for you. And then, I don't know, there's, there seems like there's a ton of changes that are not difficult, that are completely feasible, that... That you said it out. Changes, done. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it changes, and it's going to affect a lot of people. A lot of people. Yeah, 
People hate change, man. Correct, correct, correct. People, you know, and you know, people hate change. Generally yeah, speaking, yeah, right. most people they hate change. Right. But not a reason not to do it. But possibly a reason. That why is a reason. Ha- but possibly why a reason why it hasn't been done. Yeah, because those yeah. people are in charge of making the change happen. Yeah. Not, not not a good not a good reason for not to be done. Uh, yeah, those people aren't going to cut their own throat, right? I mean, they're. Yeah. Hmm. Self-preservation. All right. So, so far we've got some good ideas. Do you, uh, do you agree on the um, political YouTube? Do you think that would help? Actually, I think that's a pretty decent idea. Oh, it's one of your better ones, man. <laughs> now, now, what yeah. about if possible, do you agree with taking money out of politics? Uh, I don't know. I think I'm on the fence about that. I don't think it will ever happen. Right. But, but that, that aside – if you had, a, say, a dictator that could was going to be there for 20 years and could make it happen. If we had a dictator, money would definitely be involved. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're benevolent. <laughs> but if – I don't know. Do you think that 20 years – I think that's a legitimate amount of time to make that happen. I don't know. It almost seems too far on the horizon where it doesn't – it's not immediate. Nobody's going to care. It's not my problem. Yeah. But it, I don't know. I'd say until money is no longer the driving force behind politics. Nothing else matters. It's not, it's not going right. to change. Right? Yeah. I would love right. to see money not in politics. So money is a driving force behind it. So the last thing they're going to do is take money right. out of it. And these people are setting themselves up for jobs when they get out, right? I mean. A million dollar speeches. No, being consultants <laughs> for these Fortune 500 companies yeah, or whatever, giving you know, these speeches for stupid they're, numbers. They're they're passing all these policies. Writing to, a book. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously though, they're and they're passing the, all these policies for the benefit of these large corporations. Right. In it, it's almost like in return for some sort of career advancement when they get out or aren't reelected. So they have a position, a cushy position waiting for them when they get done in politics. And they can go be a, you know, consultant in quotations, you know. Yeah. And I and I have no idea, but I've heard the same thing. Yeah. And I agree that's the state of affairs. <laughs> so uh, these people, I mean, they're like, they're not going to. They're not going to take money out of it. It's just there's, there's too – I think there are too many people involved. There are too many people in this little secret, you know. It's, like, it's, it's so, so depressing. I mean, I, mean, I, I think we, we know that's where we're at. But it's like we just have this defeatist attitude and not because we want to be defeatist but, but, but because we feel there's, there's no way to, to beat it. Yeah. So so Genevieve, this is this is the state of affairs in the last month of 2019. If you can't yeah. beat him, join him. Maybe we, maybe we, <laughs> well, and, and you know what? And make the change. Maybe yeah. things maybe will be different from the inside. Yeah. Maybe things will be different when you're 40. But I thought that you know what? If if there's no way to do it, <laughs> then you know to change it. Shoot. <laughs> it gets real frustrating real fast, and then that's why a lot of people might just well ignore it. Out of it. <laughs> a lot of people just ignore it because it is frustrating. You can't. Yeah, and that just goes. They feel helpless, you know. That just goes to more of what exact. That's exactly what they want. Yeah. Because then they can just. They have total control. Then they get total control with less effort. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it's learned that, helplessness. That doesn't make me want to vote anymore. Yeah. Than I currently. What do. would make you vote? I think. That part, knowing – I think knowing the candidate would be the biggest thing. Okay. If the the money was out, I feel like that one vote for one person was actually counting for what it was supposed to count for, right. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, so let me ask you. When Genevieve turns 18, yeah, will you go with her to the polls and help her research – the candidate that's up for, you know, city council or, yeah. you know, have her get involved with the high school on the council or what have you so she yeah. can learn how to make change and what it takes to do that. And I think that's an excellent idea is getting started young. Yeah. So you're not new to it when you're 18, you know, whether it's a student organization mm-hmm. or um, whatever it may be. But ah, I don't know. That's, 
that's just frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's frustrating. Well, we only got like 10 more minutes. Can I just uh, bullet point some other and you give me quick feedback? Yeah. Okay. Ah. <clears throat> uh, kind of down. <laughs> 10. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so we talked about money out, the voting YouTube. I think voting online would be cool. Yeah. I mean, people say it wouldn't be secure. That No, it seems like it'd be plagued for problems. But, I mean, if they can... And they can't perfectly secure our bank account either. But I'm not sure they can perfectly secure these voting machines at the voting things either. Yeah, you know, I think uh, having a secure voting platform online would be uh, more important than getting it to my bank yeah. account with my $12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know what? That, that could be on the same platform as this voting YouTube thing. It could yeah. be all together. You watch them. No, that would be interesting. Good to go. Uh, uh, you know, just like those stupid online courses you take where you have to watch a 10-minute video. Oh, yeah. So you watch one of one candidate, one of the other. After you've done both, your your vote for this guy thing lights up. You're and cleared to vote. Good to go. I think there was a Black Mirror episode that was kind of like that. I need to get back in. I've seen a couple No, episodes. no. You know what it was? It was an episode of um, Seth MacFarlane's spoof of Star Trek. Oh, yeah. I've seen uh, part of that. Yes. And the yeah. episode where if somebody did something wrong and it got onto social media, then everyone had to vote whether they were going to be, you know, their head changed or what have you. <laughs> it was so, it was really, really, it was a really wild episode. Anyway, sorry. It's, it's not the worst idea, though. <laughs> but, but it's right there. Uh, we talked about familiarity with candidates. Uh, we talked about long term plan. Um, we talked about what well, we didn't talk about. But and this will take a lot more time. But just priorities. I mean, kind of our priorities are set up in our constitution and amendments, right? But again, with a long-term plan and revising to get updated ones, do we as a nation even have an idea of what we're trying to accomplish? Do we have top five priorities, or is it just economy? I mean, I, I think that's the easiest thing to gauge, right? Yeah. There's so many metrics on the economy that that's uh, but that's easy to track. So and, narrow, right? I mean, you're not taking into consideration we're physical health, mental health. No, we're capitalist, but that doesn't have to be our only thing, like, right? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I, I, in in the real estate markets, you know, you, there are some areas that don't want growth, right? Like citizens don't want growth. They don't want new development. Oh, they don't yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's the way that our economy turns. And so, like, the cities, they, the economy is not going to work if everything stays sag- stagnant. It's, right. Everything will just start to deteriorate. And it's like – It has to grow it to maintain to crumble. itself type thing. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and I, I think we realize there's a lot of pros to capitalism, a lot of cons. And is there – I don't know. Is there a way to keep the pros while negating the cons? Probably not completely. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. The one you haven't mentioned is communication. Talk to me. No, I just think that that's an important. That was, uh, that was really funny. <laughs> communication. Talk to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I think that's what the whole YouTube thing was and having them communicate you and, and – Man, these Talk politicians, they can't, they have, it seems like they have a very difficult time crossing the aisle, right? Yeah. So you, I feel like you need to look for somebody that has the ability to communicate with people of all walks, you know, like all beliefs, whatever. But you don't need somebody, you need 600 of those somebodies, right? Yeah. So maybe you try to find the best communicator in each, I don't know. Yeah, but but Each the big race. money guys are going to try to nix that if they think it's going to – well, that's not necessarily the case. But no, communication would be huge. Yeah, not just with the uh, candidate and the voter but between each other. No, if, you want, if you want to make lasting change, you need both sides to agree on it, right? Yeah. It, otherwise, it's just going to get overturned next next term or next time that the other parties and and. The majority, you know, or yeah, I think I don't know. It's frustrating because I feel like that's a great plan and one that I feel like I could implement 
with fifth graders. <laughs> but that's a whole other story when you're talking about 50-year-olds, right? That's, I mean, I mean that, that, that goes to your utopian. That, I mean, that's back, we're back in the utopian thing with the money out when we're talking about, oh, all these people just need to communicate with each other. Yeah, exactly. And, and I still think there's a, a way to get there. And obviously, um, that supports my belief that everybody needs therapy. <laughs> Political therapy. <laughs> Interesting. No. Yeah. Self reflection. There you go, man. All right, we got uh, 15 Any seconds more? to talk about Donald Trump. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> uh, no, we can save that for another time. But uh, I do have something real quick about that. Oh, no, no, not about him, but uh, kind of. My dad's not – he's not a, a huge fan of Trump uh-huh. uh, by any stretch. <laughs> and uh, so, so I, I found a Christmas card. It was like a kid's card, but <laughs> – um, I was like, oh, this is going to look great. It had like this fuzzy hair sticking out of the top of the head. It was like a cartoon character. I was like, I'm going to glue Trump's face on the front of this uh, over, to, over, <laughs> over this guy holding this candy cane. What did it say? I forget now. But, Trump. Yeah, but it's like this little kid riding a candy cane, and I glued Trump's face <laughs> over top of it, and I put this hair on like sideways yeah. so it comes forward. It's kind of funny. But then on the inside I wrote uh, – Trump's going to make Christmas great again. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that goes back to you a little bit is like if we're only judging things on the capitalism and economy side. Uh, with, with Trump, you know, say what, say what you will about him, good or bad. What, what, would you rather have a uh, president that you really respect and admire and have – a decent cop, a decent economy, or one that you're embarrassed to travel abroad about, but have your economy booming. <laughs> yeah, so I'll take the first option. Yeah, but I wonder what most people would take, right? Yeah. So I mean, just going back to that, there's a lot more layers I feel to public health and what public priorities than just that money one, but. Um, yeah, there's probably a whole other. I don't know traveling as much as I do, and like it seems like every time I'm abroad, you have to feel questions about <laughs> Trump, and it's just it gets old, man. Like it's very. I'm quick. not related. Yeah. No, no, it's just like uh, sometimes you just feel like the, our country's just kind of like the laughing stock, man. Just because like, yeah. everybody's like, "Oh my God, I can't believe that you guys <laughs> voted in Trump." I'm like. Just wait till the second term. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I read the other day? I heard if he gets impeached, his first term is annulled so he can actually run two more times. Uh Exactly. (laughs) But again, I don't know nothing about anything, but um, I I appreciate – I think at least there was a uh, cogent conversation. (laughs) Yeah. What's the takeaway for Genevieve? In five seconds. Man, Jamie, I wish I had some better news. But take, take your time on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, and when we were talking about this, does not, this is just a country thing, but this is something when you're working with or dealing with or having a relationship with one, um, you know, two or ten people. And, um, yeah, and maybe, that, maybe that's a good takeaway is there's going to be some things – that even though you know how to change them or have, there's a simple fix, you can't change them for one reason or the other, even if it would make the group better as a whole. And um, maybe don't give up on trying to improve you know, yourself and the others around you and try not to get the fact that it's not done immediately get you down. <laughs> um but, I, would, I would just add. Let me. I would just say, put in the effort. Yeah, like a lot of people just don't put in the effort to learn more about the candidates or actually get to the polls or you know. Yeah. So and maybe these get things in the politics. are trying to make it easier for the voter, but not an excuse. If the information's out there, to to go get it. Yeah. And bottom line, with, with it may sound like the the government system is has all kinds of issues. Um. 
Still can't think of anywhere I'd rather live. No. <laughs> than the United States. Been right. to 66 countries. This is the best one that I've been to. <laughs> yeah. So, Jeremy, I'm very happy to be an American. You'd be very thankful uh, that you're part of this country. And, and maybe that's what it's all about. Even if you feel like you're in the best spot for you, um, yeah, still trying to get better and improve and evolve and um, hopefully they stay that way. Yeah. All right. Thank you for joining us. Till next time. Uh, thank you, Bill. You're welcome. You've been wonderful as usual. <laughs> thank you, Matt. <laughs> My pleasure, fellas. Thank you so much. <laughs> anyway, a great night. Jamie, we love you.